Are you ready? All right. Not touching anything. All righty. Not even your so penis? I, well, no, a little bit. All right. Dieter's with us. Say hi, Dieter. What's up, Dan? How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. It's kind of a strange week this week. Yeah. Nick is uh, in Las Vegas. For Sex fun? change. For? Sex change. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, we knew it was coming, so. And uh, Jake is under the weather this week. You know, he kind of started getting a little sick at Urchel last week, and it's kind of held on the whole week, and he's still not feeling very well. Oh, poor Jake. Which Sorry, is unfortunate, Jake. because... Well, first of all, uh, I got to make a little bit of fun of both of those two, but I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do that after we kind of find out what Dieter's been up to. Of course, as most of you know, Dieter did go to Urcha this year as well, and you know he put in a little time and got some interviews for us, and so that's kind of what this show is going to be about. We're going to play these interviews that uh, Dieter got. He's going to kind of set them up, and um, we're going to kind of just go through them. But first, uh, Dieter, shit, last time we had you on the show, God, it was. Uh, Othello, was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Othello, the fun flight, right Jesus. before we had Brennan. That was in May. Yeah, it's been uh-huh. a while. Oh, that's it's right. Been, it's been a long summer. I've had things catch on fire since then. Yeah, we saw the videos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good time. You know, there's no one to land. And there's an addition to your family. Of course, we mentioned that on the show, but you have a new youngster. Yes, Brennan. He's He's been a lot of fun. Yeah? Any idea what the, what that goes for on the black market? Um, I've been looking. Have you been looking? Yeah. That's the first thing I would do if I was you. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Unless I can get someone to talk at least six figures, I'm I'm not willing to. Yeah. It's quite, quite, quite a, quite a risk. Well, the economy is bad right now. So yeah, you might, and you might have to go out of the country. Yeah. People are lowballing. Yeah. That, and then you also got these guys that are just harvesting organs and shit. So yeah. And that's not what we want. No, that's not what you want. We just want them to raise them and then we'll come Visit him up when he's eighteen come, or something. Come visit every now and again. Yeah. So anyway, you, no, it's you've, great. Uh, I, I love having. Yeah, having that's awesome. You you've got quite a nice little family over there in Washington. It's a lot of fun to go visit. Yeah, you got to come out here. Uh, well, before Othello too. Well, I don't think we're going to be coming out before Othello, but definitely planning on making it out there for Othello. Are you planning on going to Othello uh, number two this year in September, end of September? Definitely. I'm going to head out there Friday after work. I'm going to go early this year or this time. I'm going to actually try to get out there like, uh, I'm thinking Thursday, Thursday morning, uh, leave early Thursday morning here, get there, get set up, get some flying in. Um, I've, I've learned something. I, I'm not a big fun fly flyer. Does that make sense to you? Uh, totally. Actually, after going to Urcha, there was, there was kind of a different perspective on it too for me. That. It was definitely more of a spectator sport as far as fun flies go. Yeah. And I got I got a little flying in, but not much. Yeah, I suppose it hurts you too. Man, you really got to work to get some flying in there, don't you? Holy shit. 
Oh, well, you, you know, there's usually flight lights lines open if you need to fly, but certain times of day they shut down all the flight lines, at least on the main side, and then they do all the demos, the noon demos, and all the different power hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically, you're just sitting there watching them show off their stuff, but they're usually giving away free stuff too. Well, before we get into too much Urcha talk, let's talk a little bit about what you've been up to since you've been on the show last. Now you were, uh, okay. you're still flying Goblin. Uh, I've got the Goblin. I actually sold it. Oh, you did? I'm going to, yes. I had no idea. I'm going to get a 630. I'm, I'm kind of a 600 size guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that kind of surprises me a little. I'm not going to lie. You still flying really? your fusions? Yeah. I was, I'm shocked to hear that. I had no idea you were selling that, that Goblin. Well, uh, I, I had a bit of a crash as, yeah. as you guys might have, might have seen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, fix, fixed it and, you know, got it flying again and, and all the upgrades and everything. Uh, but I really did not want to crash it again. And just crashing a 700 versus a 600, it just seems like a big difference to me. It is, it and is. And I'm not going out and flying nearly as much right now. Okay, so, so I, tell me the truth. Got to be honest with me. I sold okay. the Goblin because, enter answer here, you didn't like the cost of replacement parts it was intimidating. It was just too big. Well, okay. You know, you have a kid. You got to pay all these hospital bills. I could have gotten a lot of helicopters for uh, that. But yeah, you sure could have, man. You shouldn't fly a helicopter that you can't afford. To you know, fly. you got a good point. And I don't even, here's the thing that, you, well, I guess, I guess some people would call it my advantage. When I consider that, I don't even think about those things. And so when someone tells me, like you just told me you sold your goblin, my first thought is, well, he must have thought it was a piece of shit or he's selling it. Oh no! It's it's an amazing machine. I, you know, it's there's there's hype for a reason, and they've also put a lot into marketing. But it it flies great, but it was really expensive to, to repair. Yeah, and I do prefer a six hundred size machine over a seven. Yeah, I suppose. I've well, I've moved into the seven hundreds myself. Yeah, well, I, I mean, eat to each their own. But uh, I also fly nitro, and you don't. <laughs> I don't. No, you don't. So Maybe you uh, you're still something. flying the you're still flying the fusion then. You still yes, have the fusion. I'm pretty much a monogamous heli pilot right now. And uh, you know, I my goal is to uh, try to try to get a a lunch and a dinner flight before I get home. But uh, yeah, I heard you sold yours. Yep, I sold it. Converted yep. to complete nitro all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Align fanboy and all that. So. Yeah, well, you know how it goes. I don't know, man. I. <laughs> I just woke up one day and I had a whole trailer full of line helicopters. I, I don't know, you know. It happens. It does happen. You know? <laughs> I, you know, there is there is going to be a there is going to be a change in my near future, though, dude. I'm telling you that right now. <clears throat> well, Gowie NX4. Yeah, I saw that thing fly. It yeah. was it looked fun. I have to have a Gowie NX4. There's just that's all there is to it. It 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 was awesome. Bobby even flew it during his the one flight. Well, yeah, that, I don't know if that was a great idea, <laughs> but you know. Uh, he was trying to have fun. Sure, sure. He wasn't trying to win it, obviously. <laughs> no, no. I actually, I think uh, Eaton Goldston, his flight was amazing. That was my personal favorite. Yeah. To music, he did a great job and made that, it was that Gowie X7, made it look really good. Now he's that pilot from Israel, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young guy. Young guy. Yeah. I think, I think he's he was young. like 12 or 13 or something. Yeah, he's pretty young. It's amazing. But this kid just 
It, it just blows your mind. That is craziness. So, um, what else is new other than the new kid and uh, selling the goblin and and uh, what else is happening in your RC heli world? In my RC heli world, well, this little you know micro quad MQX, yeah, that thing playing in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw a lot of stuff that I I wanted at Urcha. It was really hard oh, oh, not to buy stuff. I could only imagine. Oh, man. You just you just want to have this you just want to have this credit card with unlimited amounts of money on it and just yeah. buy one of everything and just have a a bunch of bags that you send back home. But, yeah, just rent a U-Haul. Fucking <laughs> pay, uh, pay some kid to drive it back to Washington for you. Yeah. This week for me, guys, I haven't been doing a lot of flying, but I do have some news to report. I did put in my brand new seven hundred. Well, I don't really know exactly what happened because it happened so fast. But uh, basically, I was doing some. Uh, flipping like right off i'm really trying to get my flips like low like literally right off the deck so i got it upside down was inverted and uh i don't know man i just something went pear-shaped and next thing i know the tail's in the ground and yeah up was down and down was up (laughs) yeah and it just kind of i was really surprised it didn't take a lot of damage of course what all what all did you lose just uh the blades and um that's uh, it did strip the main gears. Didn't do anything to the boom. Uh, actually, I got away pretty lucky. It didn't hardly scratch the uh, the uh, the canopy at all. Brand new canopy didn't do anything to it. Sweet. I'm just upgrade opportunity. Well, you know, actually, I have some upgrades. I got the mod one upgrade for the the uh, pinion and the uh, tail drive and uh, the main gear for the 700. So now I'm going to be able to put that in. But the good thing is, is every part that I needed, I had. So that's one thing that's nice about you know the align. It was it's always easy to just have a bunch of spares. Yeah, well, you know the thing of it is too. I've been talking the last few weeks about just stocking up on just various parts. Well, here's the kicker. (laughs) Actually, the other day I uh, decided, what the hell, I'm going to get a horizontal and a you know vertical tail fan, yeah, just just to have them. Those showed up two days ago. And I smashed him <laughs> yesterday. So sweet. Yeah. Well, you know. And the only thing that really kind of bums me out about it is uh, those Radix blades. I'm really liking those Radix, 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 Radix. If Jake was here, we'd be calling them Radix. So those are gone, and that kind of upsets me. But I do have some Mavericks six nineties, and I've got a couple sets of seven tens. But say la vie, man. That's what happens. We fly, we crash, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I lost a set of radix in my my blade, or not my blade, my goblin fire. Did you? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a set of seven ten stick bangers in there. You know, Dieter. Whenever I want a good laugh, I go watch that video, and it's got nothing to do with the fact that your goblin went up in flames. <laughs> you understand? It was just the way, oh. the way you reacted was just. It was almost like it was scripted, and I, obviously <laughs> it wasn't because you don't script something like that. But it was just like it was perfect. The battery came out, dude. It was awesome. Yeah. I think I've got like 23,000 views of that video now. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's awesome. It, it's well, a, no, it's no, a good Of video. course, everybody wants to start blaming. It's like, oh, well, the goblin blew up or, yeah. you know, castle creations, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody wants to blame something. Yeah. yeah. And of course, uh, last week we talked about that Mikado that went up in flames that hurt oh. you. Did you see that? Were you there? Did you get to see that? Or did that happen when you were I, elsewhere? 
I got a video on my channel. I, I was right there. Yeah. And I got a thing on video. It's, it's well, on my I don't know if you noticed, but on, Hel on Helifreak, the first post of that thread passed the starter thread or the starter post. I don't know what kind of hell it is, but I bet you I can tell you what kind of controller it is. <laughs> oh, that's the thing that pisses me off about the forums more than anything. Well, it was a Contronic, and Kyle Stacy actually commented on the video that I put up. And, you know, people already started talking about what it was. Yeah. Uh, but he said it was a Contronic, and the Contronic's still working. He thinks that the strap came loose, and that maybe something that was turning drove into one of the battery cells. Yes, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, that's kind of what we determined. I don't know who determined that. I think Nick was talking about it. They determined that one of the cells somehow went up. Yeah. Whatever, whether it was a, a chemical failure or mechanical failure, I don't know. Some type of Oh yeah. So anyway, this week guys, we don't have any news cuz Nick is in Vegas enjoying himself. Uh should be healing up just fine from that sex change. <laughs> but before we go into the, we're going to talk with Dieter a little bit about his Urcher experience and we're going to go into some of these interviews. But there's a few things. <laughs> okay, first of all, I. Why are you giggling like a schoolgirl here? <laughs> because Jake. All right, Jake. He's, not, he's not here. He's, <laughs> he's at home. He's not feeling good. Oh, we love you, Jake. But he sent us pictures of his Burt Camera autographed canopy. Oh, yeah, he was walking around oh. getting a bunch of people to sign that. Jake, 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 Jake. A couple people signed it, I think. It, I, look, I was going to, I thought long and hard all week how much shit I was going to give him for that. And um, I decided to kind of let it go and not really give him a lot of shit because obviously he was excited, <laughs> right? Um, oh, yeah. But, dude, really, who gets autographs from RC Heli Pilots? You know what I mean? <laughs> Jake. Jake, Jake does. does. Jake does. So anyway, Jake, we hope you're healing up, buddy. And I just had to give you a little bit of shit about that. And uh, you he was know. starstruck. Yeah, he was. He was enjoying was, the moment. It was pretty amazing seeing all those guys out there. Yeah, I got to admit, I, I, I'm a little jealous of him too, and maybe that's why I wanted to give him some shit because you know he did get to fly in the Goblin Power Hour. I saw that. Yeah, and Daryl Bell was uh, on the mic for him, and mm -hmm. I went and I snuck up there, and I was like, Daryl. Tell him that Jake's from the, the RC Heli Nation. Nice, nice. So, so Daryl was like, you might re recognize Jake from the RC Heli Nation podcast. <laughs> Actually, he said it a little different. He was like, you might remember Jake from yeah. the RC. <laughs> I kept wanting to ask him to say, hey, Daryl, say Funky Cold Medina. Funky Cold What's Medina. Oh, man, he's got this badass <laughs> voice, just like Tone Loke, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be playing an interview from him, strangely enough, here in a little bit. And um, also, too, there's one other thing that I want to give Nick a little bit of shit about. Now, as you all know, Jake and I, well, Jake was kind of the trendsetter here, switched over to the Futaba 8FG Super. Uh, yep. I was soon to follow, fell in love with the radio. A little bit of growing pain, not going to lie. It was tough to, it was tough. To, like, to, yeah, I think Nick said something on Facebook. He's having some issues, right? Yeah, well, here's the deal. So he, he got to fly one. Can't remember the guy's name. Somebody sent him the goblin to work on. So with an 8FG. So he did that. And then, so Nick and I are having a conversation on Skype one random night. And he just goes off on, there is no sense. I was thinking about getting one and blah, blah. It's just too complicated. Why do I want to have a radio that's just complicated when I can just make this other one do it? So for about a half an hour, he tells me all the 
cons behind a 8FG for him, you know. <laughs> and then I saw on Facebook, he went ahead and bought an 8FG. <laughs> I'll tell you, Nick, he goes from That's one, he's funny. like, like when I told him about the Gowie Nitro, he's like, yeah, whatever. And now he's all hot and bothered about it. Now, you know, he changed it, changed, changed his mind on the 8FG. <laughs> It's, it's just—it's a nice looking transmitter, but I—I don't know. I'm still stuck on my Spectrum, dude. I absolutely love my 8FG. I love it. Best purchase. I mean, I just yeah. really do enjoy that radio. Kyle Dahl's yeah. transmitter looks awesome. There's some cool looking transmitters out there. Fancy or what the hell? What? Um, I don't know. I had a video of it too. It was some sort of 11 channel. I think it was a JR 11 channel or. Futaba. Or oh, something. is he a is he a DX? I, I, I don't oh, know. It's probably a DX8. <laughs> it looked it looked futuristic, like something from. Oh, maybe it was that like new uh, JR8HG or whatever. Oh, we desperately need somebody yeah, on the yeah, show I right now that knows something, a little bit about something, <laughs> a little bit about these RC helicopters. Uh, yeah. Where's Nick? <laughs> Where are you at? So anyway, guys, uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, take a little break now. We're gonna talk a little bit uh, to Dieter when we come back, and I uh, just want to let you know we've got some interviews coming up here. Uh, Curtis Youngblood, Darren Bell, to name a few. Pinion's going to be on. Lucian Miller, Master Rick. Of course, you guys are all familiar with Master Rick. And the uh, infamous Mike Thornton. And a few other guys. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Jake here. As most of you know, I've been flying the SAB Goblin 700 for a while now. With its unique and modular design, it's proven itself to be a rugged, reliable, and agile machine. That combined with its high visibility, it's been a great learning platform for me to grow my skills. To find a dealer in your area, check it out at goblin-helicopter.com. I'm impressed with this machine. I think you will be too. Alrighty, Dieter, so you went to Urchin, you lucky dog. You took uh, Matthew with him. <laughs> Matthew took me with him. <laughs> well, Matthew took you with him. You were his. You were his man boy for the weekend. And uh, no, it was a good time. I was under a misconception. Yeah, I was under the misconception that you guys were going on a Friday, but you guys actually went earlier than that. And you were there for what four or five days? Yeah, yeah. We took off on a Tuesday, and we we were there bright and early Wednesday morning. God, you lucky son of a bitch! It was, so it was fun, man, the whole time. So before we go into some interviews, tell us a little bit about, this is your first year there. Yes. Uh, what did you think? It was... I mean, when you first rolled up on Urcha, what were, I mean, what was going through your mind? Well, when I we rolled in, it was Wednesday morning and everything was kind of slow. So there was a lot of setting up going on. But just yeah. just look, looking at the field and everything, it was it was a huge field. Already people riding around and... Walked through and met uh, George Van Gansen from Scorpion. Uh, and then I heard somebody talking, and I could tell right away it was Mr. Mel. So I met Mr. Mel, <laughs> Frederick Mellon. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, just kept walking through and met some cool people. And Let me give you an idea of what I, in my mind, what that seems to me like. Uh, a lot of the listeners know I used to drive tour buses for bands on tour, and I used to go to all over the country to all kinds of arenas and, and um, you know, when you, and it, you've been to a lot of concerts, I'm sure. And most, most of the listeners have. Oh yeah. When you get to, when you get to a concert early and things are, there's not a lot of people there yet. 
things are happening and there's just this electricity in the air and you can just feel it that something really cool is about to happen here that had to have been what it was like oh man i was pumped like the night before i could barely sleep it was like this christmas eve sort of thing i you know i tried to lay there in the hotel room but and just get to sleep get to sleep get to sleep the sooner you get to sleep the sooner you'll get there but you know so you stay up and the next day you know it and then it grew once we got there and people started showing up and you know like i said wednesday was slow uh that night i drove around the golf cart and had a, a half gallon of this Bacardi Oakheart rum. And t- <laughs> it's like, you guys need shots. So we were passing out shots. Uh, the, this other guy, I think Steve McFall from Experience RC, he had his uh, go-kart, which went like three times faster than any other one. So we drove down to the other site and there's these guys wrenching on their helicopters and we gave them shots and just rallied around the whole thing. And it was kind of cool but there weren't, weren't that many people. Uh, then yeah, that's, Thursday was kind of a washout. Yeah, because... The weather. Oh, that's right. That was the day you got rain out there, huh? Yeah. But Thursday night, we still, even though it was raining under some of the tents, there were some parties. So we could walk around and you know get a little wet, but did, party. Did you guys stay late uh, every night, or did you go home at a relatively decent hour? Well, uh, Matthew and his dad went to the hotel, and I, I camped out there the whole time. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a friend uh, out there, Randy, and he has, he has a camper. So we had like a nice little home base. He had a generator we could plug in. and Nice. And then you could so, always go back and use the shower in the hotel if you needed to, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I had that option. That was awesome. Yeah, that, <laughs> I tell you, you know, um, God, I just it's something that I have to do eventually. So you're there. Tell us um, what ha- what was the most memorable thing that happened while you were at Urcha? Well, you know, they're definitely that Wednesday night going around uh, meeting some of the cool people and just offering some shots and hanging out at the Heli Freak tent and then going to site three and, and just bouncing around and meeting some of the, the people who were there the first day and still up at night partying. Yeah, you got, you know, those were the dedicated hardcore people. So you got to hang out with Will James a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That must've been pretty cool. It was cool. cool. Went into his RV and, and had some shots. Nice. There was Larry Schroeder. Oh yeah. Larry, you know, you're, He's he's a long time listener. What's up, Larry? <laughs> and uh, Pete Slicer, you know uh-huh. the RC Booyah guys and Will James, and we all just had some drinks and had a good time, and 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 it was chill. Nice. They had a nice little setup there at the very end of the flight line. It was like the Urcha guys were like, "Are you guys go down on the end?" <laughs> I know you guys are going to be partying early and partying late. Yeah, yeah. So. Got to keep the riffraff so down on the far time. end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly basically no that's pretty so, cool so what about flights man tell us how many flights did you get in um well the first first day i tried to to fly and i had a voltage in and a little bit of smoke out of one of my servos yeah so i didn't really want to do a lot of wrenching i wanted to watch some stuff right. and didn't get it really going until friday and then I had one flight Friday and I think one flight Saturday. <laughs> so it was more of a spectator sport for me. Just watching all of the amazing flights. I could only imagine. That must have been so much fun. So 
Who, you you, oh, you got Kyle Dahl, yeah. Eaton Goldston, Nick Maxwell, Bobby Watts, Kyle Stacey, Burt Kammerer. The, it's, oh, man, these guys are just amazing. Darren Reed. Did you go around getting autograph? autographs? <laughs> I, you know what? I was going to, but then I had a, an apostrophe. <laughs> and <laughs> oh poor jake after the apostrophe i decided not to yeah jake his apostrophes <laughs> love you buddy <laughs> oh jakester 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 well i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and move into the, one of the interviews here this uh first interview is with brian pierce i'm not familiar with who brian pierce is well, he's he's a listener of the show, so he's definitely listening to this right awesome. now. Awesome. Well, welcome, uh, Brian. He was, he was one guy. He came by. I was, I was. We were working with Alan Moulton and Ireland Dunn, trying to do some soldering on uh, Matthew's ESC because he got some new batteries and was converting to EC fives. And he he actually recognized me just by my voice. Nice. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was cool that one of the people who recognized me from the show and not just being the guy whose goblin was on fire. But, uh, yeah, he helped us out. He brought out some tools and helped us out. And uh, he was around after we were having some drinks. So I was like, let's do a quick interview, man. Here we go. Okay, hey, everyone. This is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation at Urcha 2012 with our buddy Brian Pierce, a longtime listener. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. <laughs> All right, so what are you drinking? Jack and Coke. Mostly? Jack. Of course. I'm doing the same thing. Screwdriver, mostly vodka. Just a little bit of orange juice on top, so it should make the night interesting. Uh, have you been enjoying watching all the flying today? And what is your, was your favorite flight? It has been awesome. And I'm just interrupting you for a second. Go- is that all you guys did? It hurt you was drink? <laughs> no, this was Saturday night. So Saturday night, uh, you know, Friday night there's some partying, but then Saturday night there's some serious partying that goes on. So, yeah. It was great. SAB tent. They were giving out free drinks. I even hopped behind the bar a little bit. And, uh, okay, hey everyone. This is Dieter with the RC <laughs> Heli Nation at Urcha 2012 with our buddy Brian again. Pierce, a longtime listener. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing great. <laughs> All right. So, what are you drinking? Jack and Coke. Mostly <laughs> Jack. Of course. I'm doing the same thing. Screwdriver, mostly vodka. Just a little bit of orange juice on top, so it should make the night interesting. Uh, have you been enjoying watching all the flying today? And what is was your favorite flight? It has been awesome, and the Sob Goblin Burt crushing his 770 was the best. That was pretty brutal. There's been a lot of uh, carnage going out here today. Actually, yesterday we had some uh, collisions in the air. Did you see those? I saw the midairs, and they were spectacular. <laughs> Which one was your favorite? I think the Blade 500 midairs were probably the best that I've ever seen. Yeah, I've never seen uh, two full parts turn into 2,000 parts that quickly. (laughs) Yeah, the battery ejection into the crowd was probably one of the best that I've ever seen. And, uh, okay, so this is Urcha 2012. How many years have you done this all together? This is my third year in a row. Sweet. And before that, how long have you been flying? I've been flying for about 20 years, but only really three years, seriously, in helis. Okay, so are you flybarred, flybarless? When did you do the conversion, and what are you using? I'm 100% flybarless and 100% the V-bar. Mini V or full size? I've got two full size and one mini V. Okay, any uh, interesting stories from out here that you can uh, 
tell everyone, the people of the nation, for the people who have missed out on the event? I've got an interesting soldering story <laughs> with uh, Dieter, with four people soldering a EC5. Wow, that was pretty bad. Yeah, Matthew, Jeff, and uh, Brian and I were all trying to solder some connectors, some EC5s from the Deans for our, our buddy Matthew, and we had some wind, I think, is what we're going to blame, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be the wind and, you know, some unsteady hands and some unfortunate innuendos are going to be involved in the soldering issue. Well, I mean, when you're waiting for something to get wet before you inject it, I mean, it's just right there for the taking. Yeah, I mean, if you've got to get it hot and wet before you can, you know, input the the <laughs> the solder into the the hot wet well, it's it's it it, it begs you know, for yeah. an innuendo. Oh, there were so many innuendos there for the taking, and I, I think Matthew's dad was about to kill me because he's 16, and he's looking at me like, this guy's going to be 44 before the end of this thing. It did, it did take a while, and it took practically an entire toolbox and two weller solders to do it. <laughs> All right, so where are you, heading, where are you here from? Where's your, your local base? I'm here from Knoxville, Tennessee. So did you drive all the way or did you fly? I drove the five and a half hours here and I'm driving the five and a half hours back in the morning. And you were here for the whole event? I got here on Wednesday afternoon and I'm leaving in the morning. Sweet. Uh, were you out late Wednesday night when I was passing around the rum? I was not here Wednesday night, but I'm here on Saturday night. So that was Brian. Thanks, Brian. Strangely enough, he sounds a lot like Brian Foster. Really? Yeah, he sounds huh. got that southern accent going. <laughs> he, he he did a little bit, and I think he it added to the fact that he was ha- having the jacket. Oh yeah, yeah, brings out the southern drawl, doesn't it? It gets thicker. You even hear that up here in Montana, actually, when people start drinking. <laughs> bah. No, it's not that bad. Come on now. So you guys were fixing. <laughs> uh, gloves come you out. guys were fixing Matthew's helicopter, huh? Yeah, yeah. It took solder. I think four of us. Yeah, yeah. He was too. He was in good hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was definitely some innuendos there. I'm like, come on, get it hot, get it hot. Is it wet? Is it wet? All right, put it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put it in there. Bunch of heli heli nerds talking. So about. that's what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't help that you know when I'd say that we'd all laugh and then shake and then spill crap and have to start over. Yeah. All righty, guys. Next up is uh, Daryl Bell. You guys are all familiar with who that is. He's uh He's that dude that does a lot of the MC and a lot of the events on the East Coast. And here at Urcha 2012, and right next to me, we've got uh, the world famous Daryl Bell. Uh, how you doing, Daryl? Life is good, Dieter. I'm having a great time at Urcha 2012. Yeah, you were doing some of the announcing yesterday. That was a great job. We all listen like listening to you uh, BS with us. Um, how many times have you been at Urcha now? Um, my first Urcha was 1999. I haven't missed one since. Wow. So, uh, comparing this to when it started in 1999, is this probably about twice as big as it was or even more than that? It's probably four, maybe even five times as large as it was then. The hobby's grown exponentially, and um, as a result, events like Urcha are bigger and bigger, and uh, this is the biggest. It's been a good time this year. And I see a, a couple labels with different places. We got Horizon Hobby and Goblin Helicopters. Are you repping those guys and or anyone else? 
Uh, yes, I'm uh, sponsored by Horizon, um, SAB Goblin, also Scorpion Motors, uh, Castle Creations, Byron Fuels, and YS Engines. Wow, that's uh, quite the spread there. Uh, lots of new stuff coming out with those guys. Uh, how about uh, Horizon? What's, what's new with those guys? Uh, Horizon is really stepping some things up with their helicopter line and blade. They've uh, been known for doing micro and mini-sized choppers and have just sort of entered the larger market with the 500X, and uh, there's more stuff to come from what I hear. Also, Spectrum just released the new DX18, the 18-channel transmitter with tons of pro-class features at a street price that's reasonable and affordable for anybody. Okay, so one question. What do you do with 18 channels? Well, I think the major thing is um, when you're into scale models, for example, some of the things you can do with retractable gear, lighting control systems, doors, the radio has a built-in sequencer, so scale models are really easily to set, easy, easy to set up with that kind of radio system. I don't think you need it for helicopters, but beyond the number of channels, it's the other feature sets, the number of points that you have on the throttle curve or pitch curve, the things you can do with um, controlling the way the cyclic responds is all built into those higher-end radios, and you kind of lose some of that with the entry-level products. Yeah, and that's running the DXMX system now, right? I've, yes. I've noticed uh, DSM-2 is, is uh, kind of getting phased out, and they're really encouraging the DSMX uh, full-spread spectrum system, especially at big events like this. Uh, is, is there any other features of the DSMX over the DSM-2 that uh, make it stand out? Um, the biggest thing is that with the DSMX protocol, the link is a lot more robust. The algorithm that does the channel shifting, quote-unquote, is very, very fast. So the link is very robust and uh, is probably one of the better systems on the market right now. Awesome. And uh, you have an event of your own that you put on as well. What is that event? And uh, I think we've already had it this year, but are you already starting some planning for next year? Yes, I'm already working on next year. Uh, my event's a Mid-America Fun Fly. I hold it at a municipal airport. So we have an 8,000-foot flight line that you literally drive down the runway to where you want to park and pit right out of the back of your car. We typically have between 150 and 250 pilots and give away about $15,000 worth of prizes, and I'm definitely working on next year's. Sweet, yeah, so that's a year-round thing you're planning and putting together. How many hours do you think you put into that overall to make it happen? It takes about 500 hours a year to get it going between coordinating with the sponsors, the uh, airport, the FAA stuff we have to do, and uh, getting pro pilots there. We typically end up with 15 to 20 pro pilots. I mean, some of the best names in the industry come and hang out for the weekend, and we goof off and fly and enjoy life, but we also do stuff like group dinners and group outings. Guys want to go out to the dance club. We go out dancing. Guys want to go to the casino. I set them up in the high rollers rooms. We go and have a good time and we get together and eat together every night and it's uh it's just a fun time with no politics and no extra stuff awesome that sounds like exactly like the kind of fun flight that you know i would love to be too uh do you know when it's going to be next year and do you guys have a website Certainly. Our website is www.midamfunfly.com. That's M-I-D-A-M-F-U-N-F-L-Y.com. And the event is right now scheduled from May 31st through June 2nd, 2013.
Awesome, thanks. Well, it's guys like you that keep this hobby going, and uh, it, thank you from every pilot out here for what you put together, and uh, thank you again from the nation for taking the time to do this interview. Not a problem, Dieter. I had a blast. Anytime I can help, just let me know. Sweet. All right, thanks again, Daryl. All right, that was Daryl Bell, man. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I tell you what. Good guy. That sounds like a hell of a good fun fly to go to, dude. Oh, yeah, his mid-American fun yeah. fly. Yeah. And every time after it happens, I, I see everybody on Facebook, you know, that was a great show, Daryl. You know, you did a great job. You put on a great show. He, he's, he seems like a chill guy, and that seems like a chill, uh, fun fly to go to. Sounds like a lot of fun, man. I would love to hit up something like that, but you know, that's the price we pay for living over here in God's neck of the woods. We're a long ways away from yeah. anything. Those warm weather dicks. Those warm weather dicks. All right, let's see who we got next here. It's getting about time to hate them. Yes, it is. I can't wait for that. (laughs) (laughs) All righty, so let's go ahead and move along. And um, I'm sure you guys all know who Master Rick is. He's uh, Bobby's sensei. Yeah, got this one under the Gowie tent. We'll go ahead and uh, cue that. These guys are having a good time. Hey everyone at RC Heli Nation, this is Dieter again, and we're here with the famous Rick. What's your last name, Rick? Venice. Rick Venice. I'm sure you guys have seen the Smack Talk videos and the meanest air guitar with a little floaty noodle that you have ever seen. And uh, do you have any wise words when it comes to learning the ways with Rick that we can get for the, the podcast? Yes, I'd like to recommend to everyone to come to Urcha. Represent what you believe in and come to Urcha. Hell yeah. How many times have you been out here to Urcha so far? I think this is my fourth Urcha and like my fourth or fifth XFC from when it began over there in what, Dayton? Yeah, Dayton. Dayton, Ohio. Yep. So uh, how long have you been flying all together? I've been flying since 1978. Wow. I didn't even know they had helicopters that long. Well, no. actually they were made out of wood then. Wood and papyrus. Yeah. And, and yeah, wood and papyrus. Well, and pretty much back then, your only options were nitro and large size with no simulators, right? That and, and uh, you actually, like, certain ones that were static that didn't fly, you had to use your mind, and you envisioned it flying. And that was about <laughs> it. Sweet. Uh, so, for all these guys that had just started recently, they're into the electric and they're spoiled, what would you like to say to them? I'd like to say enjoy the electric, but take a sampling of the nitro when you want to be Amen, a real man brother. and have power. <laughs> Whatever. Well said. So uh, what are you flying right now, and who are you flying for? I'm flying for Gowie, and I'm flying the X5 and the 425 right now. Yeah, and it sounds like there's something new coming out for Gowie. I think I saw Bobby flying his 500-size nitro. You didn't take the opportunity to give him a little shit after he just says... Be a man and fly a nitro, and he's telling you he's flying two electrics? <laughs> well, yeah, no. I, I, I just, no, I, I was representing the nation, man. I didn't want to piss people off oh, and say you suck. Come on now. You know? All right. Start this this little. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well. No, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, I'm, I might have to try a nitro again sometime. Well, let's, we'll uh, let's hear what else Master Rick has to say here. <laughs> All right. Nitro, uh, is there anything about that you can tell us? Yes, that's an X4, and it'll be using the OS 37 
which I think they're going to rebrand for Galley. They've ordered some of them. And the performance is comparable to a high-end 50-size helicopter. Awesome. So I've, I see on the back of everyone's shirt it says 11-5-2012. Is that the release date of that uh, NX-4? Yes, it should be. If everything goes according to plan, that should be the release date for it. Okay, now one last request. Could you just do some air guitar for us? I know we can only hear it, but your air guitar is so mean that it will verberate through the waves. And when are you going to come out of Bobby's ass? <laughs> <laughs> we've got, we've got question. <laughs> when does Rick come out of Bobby's ass? Can only we? at night. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Rick. We appreciate your time, and uh, you have a great Urcha. Thank you, sir. Take you can't miss Miller Jeff's voice. Of course, Jeff Miller. He yeah. works for Miniature those, Aircraft. Those guys were fun. Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds yeah. like you guys had a great time there. Oh, Nick is so excited for the release of that NX4, dude. And uh, I got to... Oh, just Nick is? Yeah. It sounds like you're a little excited, I, Well, too, I was there. just going to say, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little skeptical at first. I'm like, really? A small nitro heli? Nah. But... The more I see that thing, that canopy is so nice. It's such a neat looking little heli. I can't wait. I am. I am excited for it. So not only is Nick excited, but so is Dan. But uh, sweet. I think it'll be a lot of fun to get that. All right. Who do we got next here? Let's see. Well, it sounds like it's coming out November 5th. Yeah, that's what they say. Of course, you know, that's, uh, isn't that the curse of the manufacturing industry when you give a release date? Yeah, some some places are just schedule driven, but all right. Next on the it was, list It was on the back of everybody's yeah, shirt. Yeah, it's on their webpage uh, too. From Gowie. <laughs> it's on their webpage Sweet. too. We'll see. We'll see. Of course, you know. Hopefully, hopefully it's out. All right. Next up, we have Derek Three, and of course, you guys all know who he is. He's the guy who does the RC Heli Resource webpage, and now he's doing a lot of stuff with A Main Hobbies. We'll go ahead and play his interview. Is it pronounced? Yeah, I totally pronounced it wrong all through the interview. I was saying threat. Oh, well, he didn't correct me. Well, sorry, Derek. I I apologize. I'll say it correctly now. (laughs) Threat. It says, I thought it was threat. everyone, this is Dieter, uh, Urcha 2012, doing some interviews for the RC Heli Nation. And I've got next to me Derek Threat. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, recognize that name, RC Heli Resource. And now he's part of A-Main Hobbies. How you doing, Derek? Hey, I'm doing. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. This is my first Urcha, so uh, we're having a blast. Oh, nice. Have you been out here several times? Uh, this is my fourth Urcha, and every year uh, it's getting easier and easier. For me, um, this year is not as hot as previous years, so I'm like doing cartwheels. It's uh, actually pretty uh, enjoyable this year for the first time. You know, not only because I don't have to uh, run a staff while I'm here, but uh, just got to basically, you know, just cover a main and a little bit of the event. And, uh, you know, every year, like I said, it just gets better and better. And, you know, I'm just uh, happy to be part of it every year. Yeah, it looks like you've been doing all sorts of stuff. I've seen you with cameras, recording stuff, and yeah. doing interviews on top of that RV over there. Yeah. Uh, what all are you out here doing this year? Well, this year we're trying to do, uh, instead of just uh, visuals, we're trying to do something that's a little more informational. So this year we decided to, you know, kind of plan ahead and, you know, actually have a script 
instead of just coming, just shooting random things and just putting it to music. This year is actually going to be, you know, what is Urcha is basically going to be the theme of the video. So it's going to kind of entail, you know, a lot of the known people talking about the industry, Urcha, its history, how they found out about Urcha and how Urcha has evolved over the years and their part in, in Urcha. So have you got a chance to do any flying? And uh, if so, I mean, what do you fly? Right now, I currently have a Goblin, uh, which isn't flying yet. <laughs> um, I also have a few multi-rotors, um, an uh, octocopter, which is made by Carbon Core. I have a couple DJIs, the Flame Wheel 450, the 550, the SW800, their newest one. And uh, I just got a Cinestar 6, actually from free fly cinema oh so you got that out here at the event yeah i actually have it i flew it a couple of times uh it's awesome so yeah i got a lot of cool aerials with it sweet and you guys are based in california correct yeah we're in chico california so uh, now for a main i'm basically just doing uh their video marketing and pretty much that's it so uh you drove out here i take it right yeah i brought our we have a company rv and a couple of trucks and trailers and we caravaned it out here we left Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and we got here Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Oh, that must have been a killer ride. It was, uh, it was a killer. Yeah, I done it one time. I, I moved from Detroit to Vegas. That was the last time I had that long of a drive. But it actually wasn't as bad in the RV. It's a pretty soft ride, and you can sleep in the RV. You can use the bathroom there. You don't have to stop as much because it can go. About 800 miles, almost 1,000 miles on a tank of gas. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but we had the trucks with us that only could go 250. So we had to stop quite a bit. So uh, every time you stopped to fill that tank, how much was it? 225. Wow. That's pretty <laughs> insane with these gas prices. It's getting to be more and more expensive of an event for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think one stop was 270. I actually went down below a quarter. But yeah, it's probably a full tank, probably three, three hundred, three twenty-five, and it's probably twelve hundred dollars each way in fuel for just the RV. So, but it's nice once we get here. It's kind of like our base at Urcha. I don't really like going to the hotel because I hate dragging everything there, dragging everything back. If I want to go to sleep early, I can do it. I don't have to be tied to everybody else in a rent a car and things like that so it's just a lot nicer like you saw us doing interviews on the roof kind of gives you a vista kind of overview and it just kind of works it's kind of nice yeah i noticed uh every now and then you'll have like the avant girls or the goblin girls or something out there and when they're up there on top of the uh the rv with the short skirts uh people walking by get a pretty good view oh yeah yeah i, I saw a couple people with their cameras down below so <laughs> that was kind of cool uh, that wasn't the intent but I guess, you know, it works. <laughs> you guys should just stick with that, you know, for the remaining years. Up on the roof, just yeah. try to get a little more towards the edge of it, though. Yeah, kind of towards the edge. No, we try to keep them in the middle so they don't fall off. <laughs> Sweet. So uh, what's happening with RC Heli Resource now? Is, or, uh, what, did you start that yourself from the ground up? Yeah, I was the initial uh, person that started it. Uh, started between myself. Actually, it was me, Alan Zabo, and Danny Zabo kind of just doing videos of them flying and once they went to their respective teams uh, I kind of just took you know took it another level 
and uh, you know turned it into a instead of just videos i turned it into a blog and then a photo gallery and then event coverage and you know this whole other you know myriad of things that it is today uh so after that i had a couple of partners uh ended up settling down with sean williams and everett balmordes he's uh in hawaii sean's in california and uh we took it you know to what it was you know when we sold it you know two months ago that's great. I mean, yeah, I'm sure most of you guys know of RC Heli Resource and uh, the RC Heli Nation, you know, it's, it's a big asset to to put together the news and you guys do a great job. You guys and the, and the Heli Daily, it was yeah. it was just great to get the information from you guys. So yeah. thank you from everyone here in the Heli community for putting that together. Cool. Yeah, no problem, man. I just knew there was nothing out there like that. And, uh, you know, I was great to... To, to, to be there and, and go all the places I went to learn everything I learned. Uh, you know, it was like going to college for me for the last seven years. And, uh, you know, I'm you know, thankful that I was able to do everything I did, learn everything I learned and benefit, you know, now in the back end, you know, and I'm on to doing something else. So I'm also I'm still in web. I still have a couple of websites not related to RC, but actually that do, you know, much better than RC Daily Resource. But just because it's their larger genres, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then applying the experience that you learn from, from the other one. Exactly. That experience is, you know, invaluable. So, yeah, thank you for ha- uh, having me on the, on the uh, podcast. Oh, yeah. No, thank you very much for taking the time to I- interview with us, and we really appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, no problem, buddy. All right, yeah, check, it, check out A-Main Hobbies and uh, see what Derek's been putting together for the weekend. Cool, yeah, yeah. We have a YouTube channel. It's a youtube.com backslash A-Main Hobbies videos. And that's it. Sweet. Thanks. A-Main Hobbies. They're really jumping on that uh, that viral media. Uh, you know, they've got a few with uh, Tim Jones and a few of these other guys. And they're just, uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of watching like ESPN2 with the motocross guys. Oh, yeah. Kind of the, the way they're doing their interviews. You know, they're never looking at the camera, that type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, they definitely have a certain style, and you could see, I could see because our camp was a little bit down uh, next to the RV that they were recording, and and like I said, they were getting up on the roof, yeah. and doing all these interviews, and and uh, that's you know they were definitely doing a certain style with it, absolutely. and and they're being they've got all this production value and everything they're putting into it, and and it's cool they're putting together pretty good videos. Absolutely, of course we've uh, like you said in the interview, you know RC Hilly Resource has been a tremendous resource, essentially, for us to uh, figure out what's happening in the RC world. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even know that uh, Alan and Danny Salo were part of it. I didn't realize, the I didn't, I didn't realize that either. I did know that uh, Derek, I was talking with Derek not too long ago, and he told me he was in the process of selling. Um, I didn't know to who, and he didn't volunteer to who, so we just kind of left at that. But, uh, yeah, time to move on and do something different. Alrighty, so moving along, we have next up, uh, of course, a guy who's been on the show many times, uh, John Johnson. We know him as Pinion. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and play his interview real quick. Just a quick one there, yeah. Hey guys, it's Dieter again at Urcha 2012, and we've got the famous John Johnson and his little pet here, Pinion. How you guys doing? Yes, Pinion's doing wonderful today. We're enjoying the good weather here at Urcha 2012. Yeah, so do, is it a little hot there with your coat on and all this extra heat? Yes, the fur is uh, the fur is uh, getting a little slick. It's getting a little wet. It's getting a little hot out here. But you know, it's actually kind of mild this year. 
I think it's even milder than last year, so we're really enjoying the good weather. We're, we're thankful for that. Uh, we had the little rain there. What, it was a Thursday, I guess it rained? And if you're going to yeah. have rain at Urchia, you want it to be on Thursday. So <laughs> so did you get yourself a nice little bathroll around in some dirt and have a good time? Yes. There's lots of sweet bitches around here as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, lots of sniffing going on. But there's also a lot of hot heli flying going on and a lot of carnage this year. I've seen more crashes. Uh, I had a helicopter blow up kind of in my face. We weren't doing it in the pocket. I was just kind of standing there spotting for a guy, and bam, helicopter turns into <laughs> mist. Oh, man. So, but uh, it's, it's a lot of crashes this year. Oh, look, here comes Bert. Look. Yeah. All right, yes. Yeah. SAB Goblin is about to do their setup, and they're curling in here in a yellow Lamborghini. Yeah. Tell us what you're seeing, their opinion, and are you getting a red rocket? I see, uh, I see <laughs> several rocket. hot chicks sitting on top of a yellow car. I could care less about the car at this point. There's a car. Yes, yes, that's, uh, you're right. It's a transportation system for hot chicks. Sweet. Yeah, we'll get some more from you after we see watch uh, SAB Goblin and talk to Yes, here comes John. the Goblin team as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll do this later as well. Yes. All right. Thank you very much, Benny. Are you going to do some commentary while they fly? Well, I'm going to try to do an in-the-pocket with Bert. We've been trying to do one with the 500. He said, let's just do it during their power hour. So that's what we're doing. So hopefully we'll get a good, uh, good video out of that. Awesome. We will definitely be looking for it. And what is your YouTube channel for people who want to find that video? Uh, you can go to opinion3d.com, and that will take you uh, straight to my YouTube channel yeah okay thank you very much pinion thanks john you bet my friend we'll see you next time all right you gotta love pinion <laughs> yeah. there's no question yes, yes. Pinion. so you guys were uh for me to poop on <laughs> so you guys were doing uh an interview and the sab guy shows up they show up in their their measly little transportation device uh, a Lamborghini of all a things. Lamborghini. Jeez. Of yeah. all things. So it was, I heard they rented that thing. It was it was like $1,000 a day to rent it. Man. Did they do like a background had, check on you first before you rent a Lamborghini? I don't know. And they had four questionably uh, legal girls on it. No. <laughs> uh, no, they were kind of like, they, they looked young. But <laughs> Yeah, of course, when you get to be our age, Peter, they all look young. I know. That's a right? sign of age, my friend. That's a sign of age. Alrighty, so... I mean, no. (laughs) Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout? are just dumb thumbs. One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life? Helipros.com Yeah, alright, next we have Dave Dahl. Hello everyone, this is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation, and we've got Dave Dahl, the one and only, the father of the one and only Kyle Dahl, who all, we all know won the one competition last year, and they're about to kick that off. Uh, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing good. Urcher's always uh, a lot of fun, a little bit of stress because of the competition, but overall it's a good thing. So how many years have you been doing Urcha now? Uh, this is our fourth year, I think. Kyle's uh, started competing and showed up at his first search in 2008. So here we are in 12, so four years. Okay, so ha- what year did he start flying himself? Well, he's been flying since he, he's just about ready to turn 19. He started flying at 7. He was hovering a, a, a helicopter, the old 30, 
Concept 30 on training gear at 7. But I uh, didn't really get serious about competitive flying and 3D flying until he was around 11 or 12. Uh, entered his first competition at 14, and uh, here we are four years later. Well, that's pretty impressive. So did you fly helicopters before that, or did you guys kind of get into it together? No, it's been my hobby for 30-something years. I mean, RC models, I mean. Uh, but I got into helis when they first came out back in 1978. You know, no gyros, no helicopter radios. We were we thought we were really doing good if our radios had in-point adjustments. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it was my hobby. He just grew up around it. That's cool. So, I mean, I, I bet looking around, seeing a lot of guys that are starting out electric and, you know, they've got these small helicopters and simulators. Um, do you have any uh, recommendations for these guys starting out, kind of getting into it, maybe getting a little get ahead of themselves? <laughs> well, you see how things develop now with the, the machines are so good, generally speaking. The electronics are so good with simulators. The advancement today is astronomical compared advice that I can tell some new guy is to learn your basic orientations. There tends to be a, a, a desire new people, especially with the sim, to go straight from I can hover to I want to do TikToks. And there's a whole realm of flight performance out there. Nose in, inverted, slow circuits, figure eights, funnels, the basics that you build good 3D flying onto later. And if you miss those basics and just go from A to Z, you really can't uh, become the pilot you possibly could be. You miss the basics, and the basics are really necessary later for a more advanced 3D. Yeah. So do you sim, and does Kyle sim? I don't sim much. I'm At my age, I get bored with it real quick. And I'm not a 3D pilot. I'm an old FAI type guy. I do loops, rolls, smooth type flying. Kyle, he's on a sim all the time, but not so much to learn new maneuvers, but to coordinate uh, flight styles and maneuvers to music, since uh, competitive flying almost always involves music flying. It takes a lot of time to create music tracks and get uh, routines down to match the moods and the tempos of the music, and he does that, a lot of that on the sim. Yeah, I think that's what's so great about Kyle's flying is the way he can fly to the music, and it's all just so precise and perfect. Uh, since he's become the world-renowned pilot that he is, has does that make it a little more, do you get as much flight time as you used to, or are you usually more support of what he's doing in the competitions? Well, it's not so much his success in comp- competition as he's just got to the age where he does more of his own. When he was 14, 15, I did a lot of setup, a lot of programming, and I was more actively involved. Now that he's 18 going on 19, he does most of that stuff himself, which in fact allows me to have a little more time so I can personally play. So actually, Do your own thing. Yeah, I get, I've been able to fly more this last year than I have in the previous three years because of him taking up more of the what's going on. Cool. So uh, what is new with Mikado? It looks like we got lots of cool stuff out here, the uvular canopy, and we got the, the new Logo 700. Is there uh, anything you can tell us about those two things? Well, starting, uh, as you brought up, the uvular is a shape fuselage for the Logo 600 SC. A lot of people think it might be an FAI machine, but it's really not. It's just for going fast and uh, going fast. It really cleans up the machine aerodynamically. It's for the Logo 600 SC which is already lightweight, and uh, the fuselage doesn't weigh that much. So you can still have a 693 or 700 class machine at about 10 pounds that will really go fast. Cool. And uh, when is that going to be on the market for people to buy? I wish I could tell you. I don't know. Mikado hasn't established a date yet. Um, to your other uh, new, major new product from Mikado is the Logo 700. Of course, it's supposed to be available middle of September, which is just a month away. 
Uh, it's a basically a, a scaled-down 800 in a lot of respects. About 80-85% of the parts are interchangeable between the two machines. The 700 has a smaller head and uh, frames cut smaller for smaller batteries and a smaller canopy, but the drive systems, tear rotor drives, uh, all that stuff is right off the 800. It's very durable. Yeah, that is a beautiful machine. I definitely want one of those someday. Uh, but Dave, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, talk with us. Uh, we'll see you maybe in the next Sturgeon. You betcha. We're, uh, at this point, unless uh, life treats us poorly, we'll be here. Awesome. Thanks again. You're welcome. All right. There was Dave Dahl. Yeah, yeah, he was a great guy. It was very nice of him to talk to us. That was right when Kyle was going out to uh, take pictures before he did his the one flight. All righty, moving along, guys. We have with us, uh, or not with us, but an interview that Dieter did, uh, Terry Dawson. We'll go ahead and play that one yep. right now. All right. Hey, guys, this is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation podcast, and we're here with Terry Dawson, the contest director with the SRC Southern Rotary Classic Fun Fly. Uh, how far did you come out from from where did you come from today? Mount Pleasant, Texas, is where I actually live, and it's about 850 miles from Urcha. So you drove out here? I did. We, me and three other buddies drove up here. And that uh, that event that you guys have going, the Southern Rotary Classic, uh, when is that exactly? Well, it's the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of September. It's been, this is, will be the 26th edition of that event. So it's been going on for quite a, quite a few years. Cool. Have you been here at Urcha for the whole weekend? I mean, this is my first Urcha, and it sounds like you're an experienced veteran. Well, I have, this will be the eighth time I have been to Urcha. Uh, I missed 2005, but since 2004, I've been every year. Uh, we got here late last night, so we're going to be here. Uh, we were here all day today. We'll be here tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Looking forward to a great day tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. Like the nice, cool weather, and hopefully tomorrow night will be uh, turn out better than it was last year because we got rained out last year. That was kind of a bummer, but this year it's it's going to be great. And I heard that we actually got over a thousand uh, registered pilots this year. Oh, yeah. I think this morning we were at like 960 and people were still registering all day. So I I know we definitely hit the 1,000 pilot mark here. Uh, Did you come in today or have you been here for the whole event? Well, actually, we got here last night, late last night. And so um, we just got here then and then we're going to be here the rest of the weekend. So we all, everyone knows that Friday and Saturday, especially Saturday, is the big day. Looking forward to the one contest. That ought to be really exciting. And, of course, uh, the um, night fly, the fireworks, the whole thing. Uh, Saturday is a wonderful day. It's the best best party you can come to. I love coming to Urchin. It's such a great event. Sweet. So you mentioned the one competition. If you were going to put your money on one of these guys, who do you think is going to be the one for this year? I know we had Bobby win the first year in 2010, and I think Kyle Dahl won last year. So who do you think's your bet for this year? Oh man, you put me on the spot. Oh, um, I am. I know all, almost all those guys. Um, I'm real good friends with Jamie Robinson, so I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of pulling for Jamie, but then again, I like Kyle. I like uh, Nick. Nick's been to my, uh, the Southern Rotary Classic several times. He's a really great pilot. Uh, I don't know. I, I better not say. I don't know that they're <laughs> Bobby. I know Bobby. He's he's been great. I, it's going to be tough. I I. I I don't know. Uh, maybe Nick might pull it out this year, but him or 
him or Jamie, but then then again Kyle will be tough again. So probably one of those three. Yeah, right. Yes, he did. <laughs> okay. So and how long have you been flying helicopters just just yourself? And when you started, what were you flying for your first couple machines? Well, I've been flying for over 15 years, believe it or not. And my first machine was a um, a 60 size miniature aircraft uh, helicopter. And now I've been flying been flying Raptors for a long time. That's where I got the name Love Raptors on the forums. So I've been flying those, and then I'm moving up to something different. I may eventually get me a Goblin or something like that. I fly, I like flying the little small MCPX helicopters. And so uh, those are really nice, so I, I, I enjoy that part of it. Did you bring any helicopters out with you? And if so, what do you got? Well, I bought my little MCPX, but I bought me a helicopter. I bought me that 130. So I'm going to probably put it together and I may fly it. Um, I don't know. I may save it and when I get home or work on putting it together and flying it. But I'm looking forward to um, a little cooler weather in Texas because it's been pretty hot. And a little cooler weather and maybe doing some serious flying later on this uh, fall. Cooler weather in Texas. Is, is that really a, a realistic hope or you think that's going to happen? Well, in the summertime, it's a little unrealistic. But as, as uh, September comes, and that's when we have the Southern Rotary Classic, September 21st, 22nd, by then it starts getting cooler. And by October... And November, it's really nice. It's normally real nice weather that time, so you can get a lot of serious Bastards. flying in. I bet down in Texas, you're flying all year round. Is is there probably summer season is your your downtime because it gets so hot, you guys can't even go out there. Because here at the at the podcast, sometimes we call you guys warm weather dicks, but then I think come summertime, you guys are hating us guys up north because we're the cool weather dicks. Do do you think that's true? Well, in the summertime, we normally go out, we'll fly early in the morning, maybe, you know, guys will fly in the mornings, say, until about 11 or 12, and then it's too hot, because around 2 or 3, it's, in Texas, a lot of places, like where I live, it's, it's 100 degrees or more, and me and hot weather just don't mix too well, and then in the evenings, we'll, we'll go out, maybe, um, a lot of guys will go out around 6 o'clock and fly a couple of hours. And now in the wintertime, it, it gets kind of cool in Texas, even though it's in the southern part of the United States. In Texas, the temperature can be 70 degrees one day, and it can be 30 degrees the next. So, And the wind blows um, quite a bit, too. So, I mean, but it's not like up north where you got snow on the ground constantly for three months. So, yeah, we do have an advantage of the winter, and we do take advantage of evenings and early mornings. So we do get to fly quite a bit, you know, pretty much all year round. But spring and falls best sweet man yeah we're looking forward to seeing some videos and hear some more about the southern rotary classic and uh and that's again what september 21st 22nd 23rd that weekend uh thank you very much terry i appreciate you uh taking some time to do a couple questions with us for the rc heli nation and uh i hope that you have a wonderful urcha 2012 just letting you know you didn't miss anything yesterday because it was wet so, uh, hey, thank you very much for uh, taking some time to answer some questions for us. I appreciate it. I'm glad to do it, and I always try to promote the SRC. Like I said, it's been going on 26 years, and a lot of great pilots have been there, and we have a lot of fun. So thank you for the interview. Awesome. Thanks. 26 years. Yeah. That's a long wow. time, dude. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Shit, that's, that's like uh, two years older than you, isn't it? 
<laughs> no, no, not, not quite. So I did hear, I did you get a total count? You know, in the beginning of the interview, you guys were talking about whether they were going to hit 1,000. I heard they did. I don't know. I haven't heard officially that they did. I heard that it was like 1,047 or something like that. The final count was 1,049 pilots. Nice. That's amazing. Gotcha. That yeah. is amazing. It was awesome. It was it was pretty sweet. So I mentioned, uh, Dieter, that you got an interview with Curtis Youngblood. And uh, yeah, kind of decided that I would wait to play it you know he had some cool stuff there on the on the on the bench yeah so we're gonna go ahead and play curtis's uh interview sounds good hear my dog trying to die <laughs> is he still on his last leg i don't understand what keeps that dog alive cut? dude i really don't <laughs> his, his will to live is strong <laughs> all righty so here's curtis Youngblood. one of these days he's like we made some barbecue this evening <laughs> dig a little deeper there's a puppy <laughs> in the bottom Hello, Nation. This is Dieter here, and we're here with the one and only Curtis Youngblood. How you doing, Curtis? Good. Good. Have a great time at Urcha. Yeah. Where'd you come out here from? Oh, Texas. Texas, yeah. Texas. So, uh, how you liking Urcha so far? Did you get to see any of the carnage going on yesterday? Yeah, we're, well, we're pretty close to center stage, so we've seen a lot of the carnage, yeah. a lot of the mid-airs, a bunch of normal Urcha stuff. Yeah. yeah. Any of those parts end up flying towards your tent, or...? No, we got lucky. Nothing came at us. We, we were up center stage getting ready for our demos when some of the carnage came in toward everybody else. Yeah, yeah. so it, we, you learned to dodge. So uh, what all is going on new there with uh, the Curtis Youngblood Enterprise? Uh, we've got a couple new ballistics. We've got a ballistic 635 and we've got a ballistic 800. And uh, the 635, what range of blades will that run? Usually we'll start with like a 625. It'll go as high as a 645 as far as the boom will allow. So you can get pretty, especially with the power systems people can put in it. I mean, you can put basically a 90-size power system in a you know, 600-size model. So we'll give some room to let people play with blades if they want to get a little longer on, too. Cool. So does that mean you'll have a whole new line of uh, blade sizes coming out, too, to fit those ranges? Well, we'll start with the 625s, and we'll see where people go with the power systems and the flying, and then sort of gauge after that. I, I would imagine it's just some other lengths, yeah. I would think some guys are going to want some longer ones also. Okay. And uh, what exactly are the new additions to, uh, to these when compared to the ENV that so many guys have seen so far? Well, there's the ENV line, which is the, the original one, which is the electric and the nitro variants. Then you have the ballistic line, which is the all-electric line. And we started with the ballistic 710, and then now we've added the 635 and the 800. The 635 has the same bolt layout and frame layout as the regular ballistic, but we have a, a lighter frame, basically. We have it a little thinner. We have it uh, cut out differently and shaped differently to give you a lighter weight. But it will interchange with the regular ballistic, so most of the parts will interchange. We have a different auto unit on the 635, a little lower cost, a little lighter. Uh, of course, shorter tail booms, shorter of other pieces. Uh, but um, the majority of the machines will interchange with the ballistic. So you can put our steel helical tail gears on the ballistic on the little one on the 635. You can put the helical main gear, the machine main gears, all that stuff. Anything that will go on the big ballistic will go on the 635. So you can upgrade it to whatever strength you want, depending on what power system you might put in it. Beautiful. So uh, this is Urchin 2012. I hear it's been going on for over 20 years. How many years have you been doing it now? Because I know you've been in the in the game for a long time. Uh, yeah, helicopters I've been in for a little over 30 years. Uh, Urchin, I'm not sure which ones, how many I've been to and how many I haven't relative to how many they've had. I, I've, I've probably only missed about four or five over the years. Uh, last year with the Worlds, I pretty much missed it because it was at the same time. That's the main times I miss it. They put Worlds at the same time. Uh, so I've been to a lot of them. It's definitely grown 
to insane levels now compared to the way it used to be. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you very much for your time and for telling us what's going on. Is there any last words or sneak peeks that you can give us for the nation? Anything down the tubes or down the line that might be that might be coming? Uh, you keep an eye out, especially with the Radix stuff. There'll definitely be some stuff coming, yes. Okay, thank you very much, Curtis. We appreciate it. Thank you. Dude, I love Radix blades. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love those blades. I just smashed a pair the other day. I'm a little bummed. That's the only thing about that crash I had yeah. the other day that bums me out. They are not cheap blades, though. They're not, but you know what? Relatively speaking, they're the same price as the Mavericks. Isn't that strange? Yeah, what you pay for it. Uh, they're yeah. $116 for the 690s. Same price as the Mavericks. Mavericks are good blades, too. Yeah, they are good blades, but I've really been enjoying those Radix blades. I hear they all come from the same factory. Anyways. Yeah, they, that's the same thing. With, Unless they're same thing with the, aligned blades. Same thing with the batteries. Yeah. They all come from the same place. Exactly. All righty. So who do we got next? Uh, I've got a couple. Uh, there's a couple there that I really want to uh, definitely want to get out. And uh, apparently I have one of a drunk Dieter here. Oh, I no, think no, I'm gonna, no, no, no. I think I'm going to wait, though, and play that one at the end. Uh, first, um, there's a uh. there's a there's a few <laughs> others that we want to play. Uh, another one here. I guess you were talking with a guy named Jeff Siggy. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Jake's Jake's buddy. <laughs> apparently, those guys went out to dinner, and uh, Jeff gives us the lowdown on Jake here on this this interview. So we'll go ahead and play that real fast. Okay, guys, we do have a nice little story here from Jeff Siggy. A bit of a a story he's got to tell us about Jake and an experience they had the other night. Uh, so let's hear exactly what happened there, Jeff. Well, we're all out uh, at dinner at Texas Roadhouse, right? It's uh, me. Big D, Sean, who's uh, one of Bert's friends, Sean Sullivan, um, and Big D's friend. We're all eating dinner, and, uh, well, they come to take our order, and Jake orders a salad. He really went to Texas Roadhouse, and he ordered a freaking salad. Big D was so outraged. The waiter comes back with it, and he goes, look, I got to ask you a question, man. How pissed does the, does the chef get if somebody comes here and orders a salad? guy goes oh man he's freaking furious every time it, it's just so you think maybe he got a little something <laughs> extra in his salad oh i guarantee it <laughs> he would have enjoyed it though so what was his excuse is he uh vegetarian or he's just watching his weight or, or does he just have a <laughs> vagina i'm thinking vagina i was i was guessing that too uh did he even have an excuse no it's just, I want a salad. That's that's all he had. Probably said more like salad. You even uh, kind of said it the way he probably said it, too. He said salad. Yeah. Did, he, did he say, I want a salad? Yeah, I think he did, actually. I think that's exactly how he said it. Sweet. Yeah, we're going to have to give him a hard time for that one. Thanks for the story. And if you got anything else that you think of, uh, feel free to bring it up. Oh, I'm sure I'll come up with a few more things. Cool. Thanks again, Jeff. Poor Jake. Everywhere he goes, someone's giving him guff. And you're right. He probably did say salad. I'll take a salad. I'll have a salad. <laughs> salad with, with don't don't put the dressing on it. Leave it on the side. Give me the vinaigrette, <laughs> please. <laughs> so I can just dip my fork in it and then get a bite of salad. <laughs> oh, we love you, Jake. Jake, Jake, Jake. <laughs> Alrighty, so I mentioned. Gotta give him a hard time because he's not here. He's like, please, you did it last night. So I also mentioned we have an interview with Mike Fortin. We're going to go ahead and play that real fast. The infamous Mike Fortin, might I add. You man, yes. 
Hey everyone, this is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation podcast here at Urcha 2012. We're in the miniature aircraft tent and we're talking with Mike Fortin. How are you, Mike? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so where did you come out here from? Uh, Orlando, Florida. Drove up uh, on Sunday and uh, been here all week. Cool. So you saw all the carnage that happened yesterday? Yeah, we, uh, we dove, ducked, ran, and... Uh, did everything we can to stay out of the way of the incomings. Yeah, it sounded like some of that stuff went into the tents. Uh, so what's new with uh, miniature aircraft right now? Is there anything you're debuting out here, and what are you showing off? Uh, well, uh, since last year at Urcher, we've released our miniature aircraft whiplash line. Uh, the electric, nitro, and gas are all available currently. Uh, all the dealers here have them. They're out in the stores worldwide. Uh, we're showing some new prototype things as well. We've got the uh, Whiplash 800 conversion. Uh, we've also got a prototype Puri 55 gasser uh, that's new this year. Uh, we're looking at getting that done sometime in the near future. So uh, any estimated release dates for those or still a work in progress at the moment? It's still going to be a work in progress for now. Uh, we don't want to give any hard dates. You know, I mean, we've all seen how that goes tragically wrong uh, for many manufacturers in the past. So we don't want to do that um, at this point, but it, we can say in the near future. Okay, so for those guys out there flying their, their whiplashes right now, I've seen a lot of them out here on the field. Uh, any, any special tips, build tips, or enhancements, or just stock ready to go and you can tear it up? These are, these are all stock out-of-the-box kits. Um, the people who have come over, brought, brought, us over uh, brought their models over to us, have showed us the kits. They're all stock. They're very happy with the way they're performing right out of the box. Um, so follow the directions, put it together, and go fly. Okay, and uh, where can we get those kits, and what's the retail price for, for the standard uh, whiplash? And then uh, is, there's a, is there a 600 size, or are you just working on the 800 conversion? Uh, right now, there's the 800 conversion. Uh, we don't have a price point specifically for the 800 conversion yet. Uh, price point for the whiplash nitro uh, and gas is $999, uh, and for the electric, it's $899. Okay, beautiful. Well, uh, thank you very much, Mike, for uh, taking a minute to talk to us about what's going on, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of Urcha 2012. Thanks, you too. All right, take care. Awesome. And there was Mike Fortin. Uh, some people call him Mike Foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> got to give Mike the shit. infamous. The infamous Mike Fortin. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We've got a couple more interviews left. Um, what we're going to do is I've got a... I haven't even really listened to this Drunk Theater one yet, so... Oh, man. I wanted to save it uh, for the last. Uh, and then what we're going to do, so you guys can listen to these other interviews that Dieter took the time to do, uh, we're just going to tag them on to the end of the show. So uh, be sure to continue to listen after the outro music because uh, we're going to play an interview from Lucian Miller. It's a fairly long interview. Uh, we've got a couple more, uh, one from Darren Reed and another from Alan Moulton and Ireland Dunn. And also another one with Jeff Siggy. We're going to go ahead and play those at the end. But uh, in the meantime, let's see if uh, Dieter doesn't do oh, something man. that we can make fun of him for. Hang on. Here we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that is... Uh, so the, we were... This was Saturday night after, you know, we'd had many shots. I was drinking that vodka, orange juice stuff with a lot of... And then I was bartending. Okay, hello, fellow nationers. This is Matthew, Matthew. Merrick, and we okay. are going to interview so in Dieter Butler after he has taken a lot of drinks at Urcha. Say hi, Dieter. <laughs> hi, Dieter. 
the SAB tent. SAB tent. Hey, I was I was bartender at the SAB tent, and everyone was trying to get me in match. Dude, I've noticed me. something so already. Fu- I've noticed something. When you when what? you start to drink, <laughs> the the uh, the key in what you talk goes up a few notes. <laughs> the fact that I am coherent right now you is something that everybody drink. should be grateful for. And what was your favorite drink at this SAB tent? Well, it seemed like we had this combination of Bacardi with uh, sweet and sour and ginger ale and with a lime spritzer. And it was wonderful. What you call it? I call it the, the Dieter Beater drink. <laughs> the Dieter Beater drink. Huh. How did you come up with that? Well, we used to have this game in college where you had to beat a certain uh, number <laughs> on cards. And it was, it was a game I made up. It was called Dieter Beater Drink. But I think I just decided to transfer it over <laughs> to this event. Do you think you're sober enough to go fly your fusion? Sober? What's that? <laughs> fusion? Oh. What's that? Do, do you think Kara, your wife, would be happy with your state of mind right now? I'm, I'm sure she would be able to handle it. She'd like to be with you, probably. <laughs> I, I, you know, She's at this point, yeah, she just had a kid, and. Uh, you know, she's breastfeeding, so she would love to have a few drinks right now. Beat her, beat her. And right now she has to do that whole pump and dump thing. He's like, what? And she doesn't like that because it's wasteful. So we're just driving back from the last day of the Urcha 2012 Jamboree. Dieter is wasted out of his mind. And what advice do you have for the other nationers, Dieter? Well, uh, if you come out to Urcha, uh, pace yourself, because the first couple days are not the only days, and uh, you got to save your energy for the final days, otherwise you're <laughs> SOL. And what does SOA mean? <laughs> SOL uh, means shit out of luck. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Dieter, and... <laughs> Hopefully we can talk to you maybe tomorrow when you're a little more talkative and sober. I agree. <laughs> Hopefully that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, Matthew. And there was a capper to Urcha for Dieter. It, I'm actually pretty impressed. You were, your composure was well. If uh, you guys ever get a chance to record me when I'm drinking, please don't. <laughs> I've got a little sample. Yeah, I know. I thought you got rid of that. Oh, no, I will hold on to that. So, you know, let me just kind of say thanks to Dieter for taking the time to do this. You know, he picked up a little digital recorder, and this thing works fantastic. As you guys heard, sound quality was great. I am going to give Dieter a little bit of a warning, though. If I find out that you bring that thing to uh, Othello in September, um, I'm going to have to run my helicopter into you. (laughs) <laughs> All right, well, I'll make sure you don't find because out. Because I uh, I plan on doing a little bit of drinking there. Sweet. I will I will get a bottle of uh, of McAllen for you. And uh, Nick, I've got the crown this time, buddy. Oh, man. You're definitely going to get some recordings, I'm sure of it. I, oh, I think yeah. I get a little, I think I get pretty willing, though, don't I? Yeah, you, you kind of are asking for I kinda, it. So uh, I'll bring it and then you'll say, like, hey, Bring that thing out. And I'll be like, sweet, here we go. Dan's asking for it. 
So your final thoughts on Urchin Dieter? What? I mean, you know, you've come home, you had some time to think about it. What'd you think? And what will you do different next time? Man, it, it's just, it, it's a mind blowing event. It's, it's like the event. Yeah. It's the only one, uh, you know, it's, it, I got really lucky that I, I had a friend that I was meeting there with a camper and everything. But even if you don't have a helicopter to take, you can just go there and just watch. And if you're just a spectator, you can just enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, now I want to go every year. So that's the problem with going once, I would imagine. Yes. You just, you just want to go every other time after that. And most of the people I talked to that once they started going, they were just going every year. Yeah. Yeah. You start selling plasma and <laughs> going down to the sperm bank. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All those guys that got the RVs, you know, so many people have these huge setups and yeah. they drive from long distances. And Yeah, well, it's a particular long ways for you and me to drive there. Yeah. Uh, yeah even even more so for, for Nick. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's that pilgrimage that, that we have to make at one point. Well, Nick's got his RV, so... Yeah, that's a heck of a drive, though. Man, that's a drive. You got the gas money, guys. Oh. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, this was, uh, you know, our kind of our second uh, Urcha show in, a, in uh, two weeks. But, uh, you know, we wanted to take some time to show you these interviews and have you listen to them. Dieter, thanks for, for doing that for us. That was uh, You did a fantastic job talking and representing the nation for us. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, man. And I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. So, um if you wanted to get in touch with me, guys, you can do that at Dan K. Reed on all the forums or Dan at rchalynation.com if you wanted to send me an email. Uh, if you wanted to get in touch with Nick, you could do that at Nick at rchalynation. He's also NWM Tech on most of the forums. And, of course, if you wanted to get in touch with Jake, you could do that at Jake at rchalynation. Or you could uh, catch him on the IM feature there on the webpage. He's there pretty much every day. Uh, Dieter, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Uh, also Dieter D-E-A-T-E-R at rchelynation.com and I'm on the forums at rcdbutts and uh, see my YouTube channel D-B-U-T-Z-E-R D-Butzer and I've got a lot of uh, flights there from Urcha sounds like a lot of fun well guys we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it be sure to stick around for those remaining interviews and uh, have a good week we will see you next Monday See you guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. Hey everyone, this is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation podcast, and we've got Lucian Miller with Innovative Technologies. Uh, how you doing, Lucian? We're doing great today. Uh, uh, beautiful weather here at Urcha, man. Saturday afternoon, they're just getting ready to start the one competition, so yeah, life's good right now. Yeah, it's definitely better than the Thursday uh, weather that we had. <laughs> oh, yeah, Thursday was miserable. It started raining about noon and didn't stop until like 3 o'clock in the morning. So it, th- Thursday was pretty much a washout this year. But I'm glad it was Thursday and not Saturday like it was last year. 
Yeah, I heard last year people were holding down tents and getting lifted up off the ground, and it was complete chaos out here. Did you guys have any negative effects of that? Well, um, right here where we're standing right now, I mean, uh, most people heard about that big microburst thunderstorm that went through the Indianapolis State Fair last year that knocked down the Sugarland concert stage and killed all those people. Well, about 20 minutes after that storm went through Indianapolis, it hit here in Muncie, and it just was like a bulldozer going down the flight line. I mean, there were porta porta potties, you know, tumbling end over end. Every trash can on the field got flipped over, and all the contents got blown away. There was a couple of big. These, you know, these big 20 by 40 vendor tents, a couple of them got actually picked up off the, tore the, tore the stakes right out of the ground and fell into the parking lot and crushed a few roofs and windshields and stuff like that. Fortunately, the only injury that I know of that was serious was one guy uh, twisted and broke his ankle jumping out of the way of one of these tents flying through the air. But other than that, there, there, there weren't any serious injuries here at the field. Um, and it was pretty much a rain out. I mean, we, there was hail and rain, and there was water standing three inches deep in our booth where we're standing right now, you know, last year after the rain. But, uh, you know, it, it eventually subsided. We ended up having the, the fireworks display uh, for the for the diehards that stayed. But the, Awesome. Yeah, but but the, 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 the Saturday night fly got washed out, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the weather's going to be great for the rest of this. Um so how long have you yourself been into the helicopter industry altogether? Well, I started Innovative Designs back in the end of 2006, working with uh, George Van Gansen from Scorpion to distribute his products here in the United States. We launched the Scorpion product line at the 2007 AMA show in January of 2007. And within a couple of years, uh, Scorpion started developing the helicopter motors, and now Scorpion is the number one helicopter motor in the world. If you walk down the flight line and just look at helicopters, the Scorpion motors are going to be in probably 75 to 80% of the electric helicopters here at the show. Oh, yeah, if, if not more. Uh, what do you think it is about the, art, the motors from Scorpion that make them so much better than the other ones? Well, there's a couple of things. Scorpion is, is one of the few companies that truly has every motor for every helicopter made. You know, all the way from our little 2206 for the... You know, T-Rex 250 size machines clear up to a massive 70-50 motor that could fly a you know a 40-pound quarter scale machine and everything in between. Like every Scorpion motor is available in three or four different KVs to allow it to match the gear ratios of different designs of helicopters. And Scorpion also works closely with many of the helicopter manufacturers to develop motors specifically for their machines. And there's a lot of companies now that, that their OEM motors are Scorpion motors that are built specifically for their machines. Oh, yeah, like, for example, uh, the Next-D, you know, a lot of that stuff. Or I think I even had an MSH or something at one point, and those are, you know, just a, a different label on them, but they're all Scorpion. So uh, uh, what exactly do we have that's new going on now with, with the Scorpion products? Well, uh, at, here at the show, we're debuting a few new products. We've got the new opto-coupled versions of the 90 and 130-amp uh, HV speed controllers for 12-cell operation. We have a prototype of the new uh, high-voltage 14-cell 180-amp speed controller, which is going to be available in about 60 days. Now, another really cool product that we're debuting for the first time here at the show is the new Scorpion Backup Guard. And what that is is a 2-cell 500-milliamp LiPo battery with a 10-amp linear BEC circuit built right into it as a separate standalone module. It's sort of like a... Like for your computer, you have a UPS, so if the power goes out, the computer keeps running. Same concept 
for your flight system. So if you're up flying your airplane or your helicopter and you have a catastrophic failure of your flight control system, like your uh, your BEC fries and your speed controller or your lipo battery dies or something like that, this thing will kick on and give you enough power to auto-rotate or dead-stick land your aircraft without any damage. So it's it's sort of like you know, an, an insurance policy for, for your model, and they're, and they're only 25 bucks retail. Oh, yeah. Most other kind of insurance policies will end up costing a lot more, and I, I saw that you guys have been passing some of those out, and a lot of guys I've talked to have won some of those for free. Uh, so, I mean, that's awesome of you guys to be passing out the stuff to everyone coming out here to Urcha. Uh, if you guys could see the spread of these motors out here, it's just it's an amazing, beautiful display. Uh, and this this 180-amp 14-cell prototype that they've got going, that looks like one beefy sucker. Uh, but it looks like we've also got some batteries here. Is, am I right, Scorpion batteries? Yeah, Scorpion has worked with, uh, uh, looked for a company that they could trust their name with. Um, and after a couple of years of research, they decided to go with a high-end company, and they've developed a 65C nanotech battery that is uh, good enough for Scorpion to put their name on. And, and they're manufacturing the battery for Scorpion under a, a licensing royalty agreement. And, for example, the 6L5000 packs, uh, which is a 65C pack that can be charged at 10C, uh, is going to retail for around $165, which is you know, about two-thirds the cost of other high-end batteries of the same, of the same capacity. So it's, it should be uh, an awesome product. And they're also going to be coming out with a, with a uh, Power Series battery in the 35 and 45C range for the sport flyers that don't need the competition level packs. And they're also going to be extremely uh, cost uh, competitive with other major brands. So you'll be able to have a complete Scorpion power system now, motor, speed controller, and battery. Excellent. And, uh, I mean, what else do we have over here at Innovative? It looks like you guys have these uh, next-level multi-rotor systems going. Those look pretty cool. What can you tell us about those? Yeah, this is a new product line that I personally developed uh, myself, you know, through Innovative Designs. We have our, a whole new line of multi-rotor craft. As you know, multi-rotors are getting really popular, and we have an entire line of uh, both quad and hex frames in 500, 650, 675 millimeter. We also are showing a prototype of a 1,000 millimeter uh, hex here at the show. Uh, so th uh, these frames are manufactured out of extruded aluminum arms with uh, fiberglass reinforced motor mounts and center plates. Very durable frame. Uh, we also have like shock absorbing landing gear kits available for them to help smooth out the bumps you know, during landing. We also have a whole series of camera mounts and payload plates and other things for strapping you know cameras and fpv gear and that kind of stuff we also have our own line of next level speed controllers which are specifically for multi-rotors and our newest batch that we're getting in uh at the end of the month they're also going to have the new simon k firmware on them which is like all the rage and multi-rotors right now uh, that everybody wants to have because it's it's designed to work so well for multi-rotors specifically um we're, we're also showing our line of gem fan uh, multi-rotor props. We, we have them available in both uh, the standard uh, glass-filled ABS and also the carbon-filled nylon. So uh, we've got all that. And uh, we're, we're also showing the, uh, the Quadrino multi-rotor controller boards as well as the NASA products at the show today. 
These are, are just beautiful uh, as far as, you know, I think a lot of guys are thinking FPV and uh, not knowing how to get into it. And it looks like you've put every system together that's necessary. Uh, in the future, are you thinking anything else more on the a AP or the FPV stuff? Maybe some uh, transmitter stuff, some, some visuals uh, so you can see what's going on from inside the cockpit? Yeah, we're actually working on developing some larger systems for like the motion picture industry that can carry full cinematography cameras. And we're also in the process of uh, getting in full FPV systems, you know, with the, the cameras, virtual reality goggles, uh, ground control stations, and everything that you would need to have your own personal little UAV. Awesome. That's that's great because I know I've been thinking about the FPV stuff, but you know, trying to get the systems together, there's a lot of stuff out there, and um, there's a lot to, to read, and to get something that's ready to go would just be perfect, I think. So we're all definitely going to be watching what's happening with Innovative. And uh, so if people want to come and check out your products, uh, what's your website? You can go to uh, www.innovativedesigns.com. That's uh, Innovative with an 8 in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, check us out on uh, YouTube. We have a channel there with a lot of videos and stuff. And you can also like us on Facebook. Yeah, yeah Lucian also has put together a lot of great technical videos that will show you how to do anything you need to do, whether it's programming your ESC or taking your motor apart and inspecting it. Anything you've got to do with any Scorpion products, uh, check out their, their website, and he'll help you out with anything you need right there. So uh, I just want to say thank you very much, Lucian, for talking to us. Uh, hope you have a great uh, rest of the Urcha 2012. Yeah, thanks for letting us get on the show here. It's been a great time, and, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to another great show. I heard um, at about three hours ago I was up at the registration tent, and they said they'd broken the 1,000 mark. They were at, like, 1,019 registered pilots at that point in time. So I'm, I'm sure they're probably up to, like, 1,025 or 1,030 by now. So this is the biggest year ever for Urcha. Oh, yeah, this has got to be, I mean, single-handedly the most helicopter pilots in one area at a time. Yeah, this is the, this is the biggest show of the year, you know, and... Uh, this morning I was wandering down the flight line, you know, taking pictures of stuff, and then I looked back and realized I was a quarter of a mile away from my booth, and it took me like five minutes to walk back, you know, so yeah, yeah it's a big show. Yeah, if you don't have the golf cart out here, you're definitely going to get some exercise, that's for sure. Well, thanks again, Lucian. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, last time I pressed play instead of record, so we had to redo that one. Uh, so, hello everyone, this is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation at Urcha 2012 with uh, Alan, whose last name I forgot already because we've had a lot to drink. <laughs> what are you drinking, Alan? I'm, uh, I'm the designated driver, so I'm drinking water. And uh, just to clarify, this is Alan Moulton with uh, Superstition Hobbies out of Queen Creek, Arizona. So, Superstition Hobbies, what all do you guys carry? Oh, we carry everything from your really, really entry-level toy grade all the way up to your upper-end uh, MKS servos for all your big stuff. Awesome. And uh, so have you done Urcha before this year? Yes, I have. I'm not a virgin anymore. I was here in 2010, had a great time, had to come back for more. Friday night rum balls are worth the trip. Sweet. So you managed to skip out of that 2011 fiasco? Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? I wish I would have been here, but I'm glad I wasn't. Uh, health reasons kept me away, but, you know, it, it's sad. But it, it was a, a rough rough year for everybody out here. Yeah, so um, tell us more about your shop. Uh, do you guys have a, a website everybody can log on to? And if so, what is it? And uh, any deals coming, coming down the pipeline? 
Oh, there's always deals. Uh, the website is superstitionhobbies.com. Um, again, we're based out of Arizona, but we do ship worldwide. We're an importer of uh, a lot of things. Uh, like I said, some of the toy-grade hol- helicopters that uh, get people into it. We found that a lot of the guys that are coming in for these little SEMA 3.5 channels end up in a 550 or 700 class helicopter before you know it and it's great we also do a lot of uh, fixed wing imac we have a big imac presence and a little bit of cars not too much but we like things that fly yeah for those of you who don't know uh plankers uh imacs are really big airplanes so uh what do you fly I actually am not prejudiced. I uh, do plank. I fly in Scale Masters. Was third place in the national championship of uh, U.S. Scale Masters this year, and uh, I'll fly also IMAC. And, but I love to fly helis. They they actually relax me. And you know, I've argued with plankers for years to teach you how to use your left thumb. Yeah, that's kind of like the opposite of what a lot of the heli guys say. They'll fly the helis and then they'll relax with the the, the planes. But you know, it's interesting to hear someone say the the opposite. Yeah, for me, it just uh, takes the focus off of all the things going on around you. You really do have to pay attention. When you got, you know, 713 swinging at 2,000 RPM, you don't want it to come across your head. And uh, so in your stable, what all helicopters do you have? Well, uh, we only brought 15 helis out here to Urcha. Um, I could go down the whole list, but I will say that it has everything from MSH to uh, the newest in the, in the fleet, which is our, my Goblin. We've got some Align, we've got Synergy, we've got Logo. Uh, we test a lot of things, and we like to beat them up. Uh, we just like trying new things and seeing how they're going to perform and seeing what holds up. So far, we've been pretty happy with everything we've got. And so, 15 helis, that means, I imagine, you drove all the way out here? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it was a lonely trip. Uh, 2,000 miles two and a half days uh my buddies were flying in from uh afghanistan and korea picked them up at the airport and yeah it was a, a long long trip all buyer lonesome and uh his buddy ireland dunn who's been out here if uh if we can catch up with him we'll do a bit of an interview with him uh he's also right a member of the military yeah let's see if we can get ireland dunn out here to say hi i'm sure some of you guys if you're on facebook you've seen uh you've seen his picture it's like a red darth vader avatar uh good guy and he's doing a lot for our country. Let's say hi to Ireland Dunn. How you doing, man? All right. How's it going? I'm doing great. You know, a little little bit of uh, vodka with a little <laughs> bit of uh, orange juice. So it's it's a rocking night. What are you drinking? Nothing right now. I'm trying to get some vodka and orange juice. <laughs> it's right behind you at the SAB tent, dude. Got some bees. All right. After this interview, let's go have a drink. That's a bet. All right. So uh, what are you flying? Um... I got a 700 DFC, Synergy E7, uh, Logo 600. I'm flying all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to find the one that I want to just stick with and develop with and concentrate on that one bird. Every time I go out, though, when it really comes down to it, I break, I break out the 550. The 550 is the handy smack bird. Oh, yeah. I saw you uh, do a flight here on the, what I think it was Thursday with the 550. There was a little bit of an incident, but that was some beautiful flying, man. Oh, the incident was yesterday. It was a, I won't call it so much an incident. It was an epic end to an epic flight. <laughs> so is this your first Urcha? Yes, it is. Cool. How long have you been flying altogether? About three years. Um, broken up between eight months at a time of simming because I work overseas. I never really get to fly much. But when I do come home, I try to make up for it. So uh, you're, were you out overseas? You're out in Afghanistan. And do you get a chance to fly when you're out there? Very, very rarely, uh, just because of my op tempo and how busy I am out there. 
constantly flying. I'm actually flying, getting rides anyway, in full scale Burjk all over the place. Sweet. So you were able to use a little vacation time to get out here, or what? I actually, before I even took this job, I told them, look, in August, I got to take 10 days off because I'm going to Urcha. Sweet. And uh, where are you located uh, as a home base? Uh, Arizona. I'm right there in Mesa with Alan. Sweet. Um, so the local fun fly for you guys, what would that be? Either the Phoenix fun fly. Alan <laughs> <laughs> <Ellen> says lame. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the Phoenix fun fly or the Southwest Heli Rodeo. Yeah, the Heli Rodeo is coming up in That's November. That's coming up in November. Off the hook. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he said the Heli Rodeo is coming up in November. Yeah, you know, in November, most of us guys up north put our helicopters away for the season, and we're on the, the simulator. So what we call you guys is warm-weather dicks. <laughs> Actually, uh, you should rephrase that to hot-weather flyers because, uh, you know, we, we definitely puff batteries and shut down ESCs as much as we can because when it's 115, 117 degrees out, we don't care. We still fly. Oh, yeah, I bet it gets insane there in the summer. you just early morning and late at night and no other options, right? No. Uh, we'll st- that's what we say, but then we end up, it's like 1 p.m., we're all sweating balls and we're still flying. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about. It's about being hardcore and, uh, you know, sacrificing for the hobby. And speaking of sacrifices, thank you for the sacrifices you make for our country. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me and talk with the nation. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, none of this stuff would happen if it wasn't for listeners like you guys and, and all the other heli pilots that make us successful. So thanks to both of you guys. Awesome. Oh, can I say one thing? I wanted to give a shout-out to Seth Killian. He couldn't be with us. We tried to get him out here. Also, uh, Chris Oh, yeah, he's our boy. And I gave you guys a Scorpion uh, wind jacket. Seth, when you get that, that's from me, buddy. And I was looking to meet with you and have some fun and hang out and fly. I'm sorry that you were sick, but, hey, I'll see you on Phoenix, dude. Absolutely. And also, uh, Christian, he's another pilot with us, a young kid. He's like 17. Amazing. for his, He just started flying and is already fearless with it i mean great kid and he's got a good attitude so he's gonna he's another asset to the hobby overall awesome yeah i've noticed like out here it's just one of the greatest groups of people that you could ever encounter so i mean you know this is a fun event i wish it could just go on all year round i don't know if i could handle the sun but when it comes to the people yeah or the alcohol poisoning it's it's been rough guys <laughs> but thank you very much for your time both of you alan and ireland you guys are awesome and we'll see you around okay you take care Dieter. Thanks hey guys this is Dieter here with the rc heli nation and i've got next to me jeff siggy uh he's a friend of our good pal jacob uh jake shambo from the podcast and I think he's got a little dirt that maybe he can give us on, on Jake. He had to ride into Urcha with him, so at least a few hours in the car. So, were there any deep, dark secrets that Jake shared with you on the way? I don't know about on the way. You know, I really have to think about it. I know that uh, before we left, he's so focused on that gas mileage. He tells me, oh yeah, you might want to make sure your laptop's charged. can be, you know, 12 hours because we're going 60. I look at him and go, Jake, we're not that poor. Let's go. <laughs> So it wasn't even about trying to get here fast. He's just 60 all the way and the, the peak gas mileage, huh? No, we went a little quicker than that. I, I might have beat him to death if he tried to go that slow. More money for helicopters, you know. you got to understand that. Dude, he's sponsored. He's a sponsored pilot. Speaking of which, uh, he's flying Goblin. It looks like you've got a Goblin back here, too. Uh, what do you think? You know, I, I've only built it so far. I haven't flown it yet, but the thing builds so well. I mean, I've been 
in the RC hobby for like 15 years and no kit, truck, plane, helicopter, anything's built so easy is that thing. Yeah, I noticed it. It's almost practically pre-built, and uh, you can also find, you know, you, they say factory assembled already, but you want to check it. But this stuff actually has all the thread lock, everything you need in there, nice and tight. You can put it together in just a couple hours. Yeah, it's it's pretty astounding, really. The, all the stuff that's already put together, I checked it out real quick and, you know, couldn't find any problems at all. The only problems I ran into were the... Uh, the plastic bits, every time you hit a plastic bit, which is only like seven on the machine, you just got to widen out the holes a little bit, but Jake knows a bit about that. Yeah, so is this your first Urcha 2000, or your first Urcha at all? Definitely my first Urcha, and it will not be my last. Yeah, this is a pretty amazing uh, event out here. Uh, how long have you been flying helicopters altogether? Um, I started in 2005, but, you know, I kind of stopped for a long time and then came back to it, so I really only got a year or two of real flying experience. Did you? Were you ever into any other RC before that? Oh yeah, I started with uh, racing cars, you know, when I was in 8th grade. Did that for years, and then moved to the nitro trucks and cars, and then switched to planes, and then got real and went to helicopters. So I've heard some guys that have done the races for the RC cars and trucks say that that can actually be sometimes more stressful than flying a helicopter. But I can't really think of anything more stressful than flying a helicopter. Do you uh, agree that the racing is more stressful? No, I think that's stupid. Because Awesome. Yeah, here's the thing. When you're racing, if you get into a bad spot, you stop. With a helicopter, you just crash and ruin it. Yeah, I'm sure there's just that stress of, of racing, you know, and if you're off, you lose. But then you still got a machine left over afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And I mean... If you get real stressed out racing, you can always just start hitting people. If you do that in the air, they get pissed. <laughs> yeah, we've we've seen quite a few uh, collisions out here today. Did you see any of that carnage that happened yesterday? Yeah, we saw two or three of them at least. We saw the the Blade 500s. One of those uh, landed within 20 feet of Jake and I. Um, we saw what was it? The JRs. Um, yeah, that's that's good stuff right there. I mean, that's just confetti. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. Seeing all those mid-air collisions uh, is just amazing, but scares the heck out of you when all those parts start flying. Yeah, yeah, well, we saw one of the TSA guys actually hit a flag coming back at himself. There's three guys standing on the line. One guy got hit by a blade. The other guy got hit by the the main chassis, the helicopter. Nobody got hurt, but it's kind of a wake-up call for him, I'm thinking. Yeah, I noticed nobody was uh, putting flags out there after that. Uh, I think that was Luigi Rungi uh, with the TSA. It was an amazing flight, but lots and lots of carnage. Uh, Well, Jeff, Siggy, thank you very much for taking some time to talk with us. Uh, We really appreciate it, and we're hoping to hear you more on The Nation. Thanks, man. Everyone, Uh, this is Dieter with the RC Heli Nation, and we've got Darren Reed here, another D. Reed. Uh, He's with Team Team Align. Yeah, our, uh, our... main guy who runs the nation his name's dan reed so do you ever get confused with dan no not really i've actually been listening to the show i listen to it every monday um delivery driver and uh yeah i look forward to it every every time i see it i see his name on uh heli freak and i actually thought it was dank reed (laughs) oh yeah because dan k reed so it was dank reed (laughs) i thought we had more in common than just the last name (laughs) <laughs> right on. So who are you flying with? Just Align? Uh, I'm with uh, Team Align. I'm actually, I consider myself a factory rep in the middle, you know. Um, and also I fly for uh, Hobby Parts uh, and Gen's Ace. 
Yeah, you guys should see it. This guy can fly a helicopter. He's just full speed the whole time, completely in control. It's amazing stuff. Uh, so where did you come up here from? Uh, Huntington Beach, California. Sweet, and you drove all the way out here? Oh, hell no, man. I, uh, <laughs> I took a plane, and my buddy drove out here. I paid him 100 bucks to take my generator and everything else with him. So, Sweet, that sounds like the way to do it. So is this, this is your first searcher then? Second. Yeah, I came in 2010 when it was like 110 and raining out. Well, it sounds like you were better off than last year, though. Much better. What is it, sun, uh, 75, sunny, light breeze, blue skies. It's beautiful. It's perfect. So uh, what's new with the line? I mean, we know we've got these DFC heads and everything. What do you think of those, and what do you know about what's coming down the pipeline? Uh, I'm kind of in the shadows with the pipeline deal, but as far as my DFC, I'm running two of the kits, um, direct servo to swash. I'm loving that. Tracks well. Tracks great. I know there's a lot of haters out there for the, with the DFC head, but... Man, I, I ramped mine up, and I put it through some hell, and uh, I've yet to have any boom strikes or anything like that. I completely 100% trust it. So. Oh, yeah, the abuse that you put through this thing, uh, you can tell that it's... Yeah. Uh, so does it have any extra upgrades on it? Um, with the, the new kit, the new DFC kit, uh, it has an aluminum bottom plate. comes with the new 4.9 tail gear ratio, the new uh, double um, arm pitch slider, and uh, the DFC head has some... Uh, what is it? Different type links on it. Um, they're not really functional as of yet, but I, I hear they're working on it. So, really, other than that, it's a uh, TRX 700. Yeah. Gen Zace batteries all the way. Yeah, yeah, 110 percent. Actually, Gen Zace and um, what is it? Uh, fuck. What the hobby fuck? parts? No, not hobby parts, but uh, what is it? Sky Lipo? Yeah, it's actually like a co-sponsor. They're the same packs, you know, same from Ace Pal, same factory. So. They slang both of them. I fly both of them. Sweet. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of each. Uh, so if you're going to... Uh, I guess you can probably edit that part out. It's like you don't want to compare both of them like that. It doesn't um, matter. It's all good. Yeah. So if, if you're going to say have a preference between Gen Zace and the Sky, uh, which one would you go for? And maybe one for Extreme or one for Sport or, or what? Uh, well, the Sky Lipos are definitely solid packs. Like I said, they come from the same factory. They put out great power. Um, one thing, the, the weird thing about it is coming from the same factory, I do notice that the Gen's Aces seem to have a little bit more longevity on them, being able to push harder, and they come back from a, a low discharge on balance a lot better, more on point. I can get them to balance out a little bit better. Internal resistance of both packs are about the same, though. Can you, can you charge both of them at the 5C rating? I know it says on the Gen Zace that you can do the 5C, uh, but I didn't see it written on any of the Sky Lipo. You know, I didn't see it either, but I crank them at 5C. Uh, I have uh, over 100 flights charging at 5C on those packs, and uh, no issues of it yet. Actually, okay. six, actually, 6C in some cases when I'm out there at the field trying to get my 550 going. Okay, there you have it, guys. It's uh, Sky Lipos. I guess they can be charged at pretty high capacities without having any problems. That's good to hear because I've always kind of wondered and it didn't say on it, so I stuck with the 1C myself. Oh, man, that's a waste of time, brother. Get out there and get some <laughs> stick time. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And this is the one thing, if you ever see this guy fly, uh, this answer will upset you a little bit. How long have you been flying? Uh, six months. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> subscribing with you. Uh, I'm, it's about four years, coming up on four years. Yeah, it's uh, that's just amazing flying for four years. It's the same as Dan, right? I listen to the show. I think he's been flying for about four years. Yeah, and he's he's almost past that. I think forty nine, fifty degree mark nice. <laughs> with the not quite tail in all the way. Oh, okay, well uh, that's where the progress starts to come after that. No, yeah, I I, I got him uh, doing a little more sim, and he's he's been really excelling a lot this year. He took that uh, class with Todd Bennett, oh, Todd Bennett out in Gillette, and right, right. Uh, he's been doing the sim time. So. 
he's uh, way past that 49 degree mark. So uh, good job, Dan. And uh, thank you very much, Darren, for talking with us. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Actually, I love the show. Look forward to it every week. Cool. Yeah, there's only one thing to look forward to on a Monday, and that's the RC Heli Nation. Yes, sir.